This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with The Church Boys, and I have a special guest on the line today. It is author Chad Hennings. How are you doing today? Billy, I'm doing great. Thank you. You know, I say author, but you have about 400 things um, on your resume that you've done that are (laughs) (laughs) pretty amazing and impressive. And, uh, you know, what what we're here to talk about today is your your new project, your new book, Forces of Character. And I think, yeah, I want to... I guess I want to launch into the interview by asking you a, a key question, and then I know it's something you had to deal with in putting this book together, and that question would be, what is character? I'm just going to throw it out there. What is character? You know, character to me it means a lot of different things. When I talk about the title of the book, Forces of Character, that's an individual who lives to be their best self every day. An individual who inspires others to do the same, as well as list those around them regarding that be on their team, whether that be a family, whether that be a business, whether that be a community, to to live to a higher noble purpose or noble cause. And we talk about character, you know, you can break that down into two different functions, either moral character or functional character. And it may be things such as having a positive attitude, grit, determination. Uh, resilience, perseverance, having a great work ethic in regards to a functional character, but moral character may be courage, humility, honesty, respect for others, integrity, selflessness, self-discipline. But to me, you know, character is one thing that I, I just, you know, I, I don't think that we talk enough about in our culture because we are created, you know, mind, body, and spirit. Everybody likes, you know, encourages you to exercise, eat the right foods. You know, they encourage others, you know, to read. Leaders are readers to go out and to expand your mind mentally. But we don't talk about that other aspect, you know, from a faith-based perspective. You know, I'm a Christian. That's who I am. But from a, I think, a pluralistic standpoint in our nation, talking about the essence of that golden rule of of what character is, of, of doing unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Yeah, and it's funny you bring up, I think, that the different areas, you know, spiritually being obviously one of those areas that people are developed and that character is developed. And it seems, I mean, it seems from my perspective as somebody who covers faith, who covers culture, that we are sort of living in a time where there is at least in the mainstream, at least in media and in colleges and universities and sort of all the places where people learn, we seem to have sort of a dearth of that. Um, I think, acknowledgement of the spiritual realm. Do you think we have a character problem in this country? Is it something that's getting worse? You know, where do you sort of see, you you sort of mentioned the culture and not talking about it enough, but do you think that that's something that is actually worsening in our culture? I think it's a matter of what we have is defining what is truth. I mean, what are those time-tested principles? What I'll just throw out there is universal truths. Of, of what is real. And, and people come to the table that in this moral relativism, the aspect of situational ethics that I can do, I can make decisions in a vacuum based upon how I feel or my circumstances or how you know the world is around me that particular day. Whereas we're not making decisions. And, and, you know, life's a series of choices. It's decisions. We, we have choice. And I think that's where... Uh, without getting too far down into the rabbit hole here, whereas our culture tells us today that you're a victim, 
that you don't have a choice, that things happen to you that you don't have an opportunity or you, you, you can react out of that, out of emotion, as opposed to thinking through and, and utilizing, basing your decisions through that prism, through that metrics of metric of what is, you know, that character piece of, you know, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. So, yeah, yeah, I think we have a, a character issue in our culture and our society today, but I think it goes way deeper into that, that we don't acknowledge the aspects of what, what is true, that everybody's you know, doing what is right in their own eyes. Yeah, it's it's sort of this relativistic way of of looking at everything, and it seems like that's everywhere. You know, it just it's sort of like I want to do this. This is how I want to live. This is what I want to think. And while everybody has the right to do that, you know, to me, it sort of becomes fascinating when that is happening in almost every area more and more, and you sort of lose that moral framework of the truth that you that you talked about. That sort of starts to chip away a little bit. Again, at least in the in the places where ideas are spread and information is given in in our culture and well look let me let me jump into the book a little a little more deeply because i think we're obviously talking about character which is what is the basis of forces of character but you you sit down with what 10 people in this book and you talk to them about their life their story their pivot points how did you pick the 10 individuals you included well first of all they had to be a force of character, as I defined previously. Um, secondly, I had to know them. I mean, these were all individuals that I consider to be, you know, acquaintances. Some are closer friends than others, but individuals that have, you know, been an influence on my life and those individuals that I looked up to. Um, as you noted, 10 individuals, I, you know, it's more not necessary interview, but I call it kind of a, having that conversation of what those transformational moments when you acknowledge what that there is character and that there is, that we do have options of uh, decisions that we make and the path and the choices that we have in life and, and how that impacted them personally in their journey and how it is, you know, impacted to them today in their businesses. You know, and some of the individuals people would recognize, Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach, Jason Garrett, in, you know, former Cowboys, uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, current coach for the Cowboys, interviewed Greg Popovich, who was the uh, uh, NBA, you know, five-time coach of the year for the San Antonio Spurs, who's also an Air Force Academy graduate. I interviewed uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Um, I interviewed a Auschwitz survivor, Dr. Edith Eager, uh, uh, international human rights attorney uh, and religious dissident, Virginia Prodan, who came from to the U.S. from communist Romania. I interviewed the director for National Center on Fathering, Kerry Casey. I interviewed a space shuttle commander, uh, Tom Hendricks, a uh, close friend um, who's also an Air Force Academy graduate. I interviewed, and the final one was uh, Bob Sweeney, who is a homelessness warrior that he's the director for Dallas Life, which is probably one of the most successful trans successful in the fact that they help transition people out of homelessness and they go on to have productive lives. And he's based here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. What would you say, I mean, a really impressive list of people, what would you say were some of the common threads? You know, I, I know when, for me, when I'm doing interviews or when I'm sitting down and having a conversation, it's later on when you've had the chance, and in your case, to obviously codify it into a book, that you sort of think through, wow, that that was a common theme for all of these people. Were those sorts of ideas, things that came to mind as you were, or after you spoke with these individuals? Yeah, and again, it goes back to that definition of how I tried to define what a force of character was. These people, 
you know, they, they excelled in their field, but they excelled, you know, not to pursue that sense of excellence to pursue a higher goal playing just for their own selfish needs and desires. They were either a part of a team where they tried to uplift their teammates or they, you know, they, they have given back or they've tried to help others. And again, you know, it goes back to the golden rule, doing unto others. And that's where these people, their, their vision and their mission in life wasn't all just about improving their own status. It was about elevating others, helping others along the way. In, in essence, when they lifted themselves up, they lifted others with them. I mean, and that was the common theme throughout the whole book with all those individuals, that it, it wasn't about them. It was about someone else and helping others along the way. And, I mean, for, for your own life, obviously, you, you've played football. You've won Super Bowls. You've had a, a really cool background, as I mentioned at the beginning of the interview. So, obviously, I think, I think for you, this is a topic you personally know something about, the, the character that you have. Why do you think it's important for us to be, and you sort of hinted at this earlier in the interview, but for us to be exploring this subject, talking about it, looking at people like you have who, who have shown this character, who have exhibited it. Why is that something that we should be doing as a society? Well, I think we need to motivate and edify, particularly this young generation, the millennials, coming up that we all have, we have a choice. We all have choices in life as to no matter what circumstances, whatever, however, quote-unquote, life happens to us, that we have a choice. And, and that's where I really want to start a conversation with, uh, you know, a national conversation that, that we can not necessarily get back, but we can go forward to living to a certain ideal of what it means, you know, in essence, what, what America was founded on, what, what we are, that you have the ability to be whoever you want to be, but there's a right way and a wrong way of doing it. And it's, and it's literally, you have a choice in life. And, and I go back what resonates with me more so with this is is the story about the, the Auschwitz survivor, Dr. Yuthiger, who was a 16-year-old from Hungary. It was her, her sister, and her mother were on the, the cattle car going to, en route to Auschwitz. And her mother pulls her, her and her sister aside, you know, and kind of holds her, her face in her hands and says, Edie, you know, we're not sure where we're going. We're not sure what's going to happen to us, but you got to always remember that they can never take away from you what is in here. And, and she pointed to her head, to her mind, that you have the ability to control all of that. They can't ever take that away from you. And immediately when they got off, they came face to face with the angel of death, Yosef Mengele. Then he points to the right for her, her mother and to the left for her sister. And her mother went to the gas chamber immediately. But she had, as a classically trained ballerina, had to perform in front of Yosef Mengele for his, his dinner frequently, had to dance and perform for him. And then she had a choice. This is the guy who murdered her parents. But yet she still had the choice as to how she reacted and, and what she thought. And she took a lot of those life lessons, just as Viktor Frankl did when he talked about his logotherapy and in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. And they were both contemporaries of each other. You know, she took that and took all those life's lessons and, and has helped soldiers coming back from Vietnam and, and other conflicts of people that are dealing with post-traumatic stress of helping them, them work through. So we all have a choice. And, and somebody that has gone through such a horrific experience such as, you know, a concentration camp where they're left with the bare essence of what it means to be a, a person, a human, just to survive. And if you have, can go through that realizing that you have a choice, 
hey, it puts life in perspective pretty quick for each and every one of us that no matter what happens to us, how we act and how we choose to react is a choice. What would you say, and you may have just answered it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you anyway, who would you say out of the 10 was the person, and obviously I know they were all important and they all, that's why you included them, but was the person that really resonated the most and that left you sort of the most in awe after going through the whole project? You know, it, that's, that's kind of like trying to ask me which one of my kids I love more. You know, <laughs> it, it, uh, They were all u- very unique, and the stories in there all come, because they come from such different backgrounds and demographics. You know, the, what I just mentioned with uh, Dr. Eager, with Edie, she, you know, that probably had the biggest impact on me, and I've heard her speak, and we've developed a friendship over, over the last couple years. But another one that, that resonated with me was uh, Carrie Casey, talked about a story where he grew up in uh, segregated uh, Virginia back in the 50s and 60s when he was, he, I think he said he was six years old, and he's African-American, walked into a gas station with his father, and at the counter were several white guys. Evidently, it was like a, a cafeteria, gas station, um, convenience store, whatnot, and he had asked, I need some gas. And one of the guys at the counter turned around and says, you know, we don't serve your kind around here. And he utilized the N-word to him. And Kerry said his father looked down at him and he said, Kerry, evidently that man does not know my name. And he went up to the man and the man kind of towered over him. But he talked with him and and evident, or, uh, eventually the man went out and he pumped gas for Kerry's dad. And Kerry said, I learned from that time as a young man that we all have a choice. And I could choose to, when, when injustice happens to me, I could choose to react accordingly. He said, I learned from my father that utilize your mind, your reason, your wit. And he said from this day, and, and Kerry has gone on to, to mentor so many young men, you know, in the NFL, as well as, you know, uh, Hall of Famers in the NFL, as well as, you know, both black, both white, Hispanic, Asian, and, and it doesn't matter. And, and again, it just those stories to me represent what we can do and what we can be in our country if we base a life on character and it's getting our eyes off ourselves and being empathetic and looking towards others to help others. Well, listen, this has been great and would love to have you back on the show again. And is there anything else you want people to know about forces of character that maybe we haven't discussed? Um, you know, one of the things that the book has can have appeal to all different age groups and all different backgrounds and, and walks of life from moms, dads, kids, businessmen, whatnot. It's a very, I don't want to say a casual book, but it's, a, it, it's easy to read in the fact that it's just me sitting down having conversations with very unique individuals, luminaries, and how they've been able to live this life of character and impact. And I think everybody can get something out of it. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time and I hope to have you back again soon. Thank you, Billy. Take care. You too. Church Bowl.